You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football, presented by SportBuff. I am your host, Tim Capper, along with my colleague, Cliffy Day. Hey, Cliff, how are you, bud? Hey, now. Wow. It was worth the wait, and all I can say is uh, no preseason going forward. <laughs> who, who needs preseason, really? Preseason. I mean, preseason. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the playoffs thing. Playoffs? Preseason? Preseason? I still or at, I just don't want them to play a game. <laughs> or or as the great Alan Iverson would say, we talk about practice. Not a game, but practice. <laughs> uh yes. So for the first time in a six hundred and fifty-two days, the Alouettes get a win. They're very free. It's not like we've been on a losing streak. You know, all those days when we were waiting for the for the streak to finally break. Um, not in this case. It was just our first win in the regular season since November 11th. Excuse me. November 1st, 2019. It was amazing. I know how, you know, we were so unsure of what was going to happen. And as we, if you haven't seen it, by the way, and you didn't hear it, you have to go and watch because we were guests of the um, Turf District podcast, and they did it. They do a, a live YouTube taping. You go and watch us there. Uh, first, I'm stuck in a closet, and <laughs> and Cliff Cliff ends up having wings for most of the interview, which which was actually pretty pretty damn cool if I if I do say so myself. Isn't it awesome? You, you'd think I was angelic, but anyone who knows would know it's so far from that. Yeah. Cliff, drink the other beer as i keep seeing as you keep getting your different uh, uh badges on that app that you uh, that you have <laughs> um but yeah go listen because we, we we were it's fun we had you know but we were we weren't sure i mean as as, as we were in the the taping you know last week we just weren't sure what was going to happen and, and how and how and how can we know? Because as as we've said on numerous occasions, we didn't get a chance to see any preseason action. The the Alouettes run a, a by the first week. We we had no idea what to expect. I mean, as I said, the, the team looked really good on paper, but uh, as we stated, games are not played on paper. So yeah, and, and we, we went into this cold. We have no, we had no idea what to expect from this team. Yeah, I know, I know, and. It's. I think it started off like most Alouettes games do on the first drive, at least recently. <laughs> but wow, dude! I you know what I was considering what the score was and what it actually could have been. You know, the Alouettes do come away with a, a thirty to thirteen win. Could have been more. Could have been thirty seven. Could have been, yeah. Could have been thirty-seven because that that was a beautiful pick six that was nullified by a ticky tack. I'll, I'll say a ticky tack penalty, but 
you know, it, still, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's the Alouette's first win, I think, it, in Edmonton since 2013. I think, I think that's what they said. Mm-hmm. 2013, when uh, Josh Nicewander was quarterbacking for the Alouettes in the absence of yeah. one Anthony Calvillo. And they put up some points in that game too, buddy. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, no, this, was, this was as dominant a win as you're going to see. I, I mean, it was just in, in all facets too. I mean, mm-hmm. the offense, defense, special teams, everything, everything, everything was clicking for the Alouettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was it, it was incredible to watch and just – there's still there's still doubters. This is what makes me laugh. There are still doubters. Now I'm not going to go ahead and act like some of our uh, our contemporaries and say that the Alouettes are going to go 14 and 0. That's no. not going to happen. No, 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 no. But if you had any doubt about what the Alouettes were going to be like in 2021, I think Vernon Adams and the entire crew did a very good job of shutting up the haters of. Anyone casting doubt on this football team, I don't think they're doubting anymore. I think now they have no choice but to sit up and take notice of this Alouette's team. And they got to say to themselves, wow, this this is a football team right here. Yeah, it's weird to say only after one game, but I, I still I am going to put them with the currently with the upper echelon with the other teams of Winnipeg and Saskatchewan and the CFL. Yeah, again, it's only one game, but they, you know, for a pre for a technically what is you know, could have been a preseason game. They they did look pretty good. Um, it, yeah, and you know what? What better way to, you know, to to bask in this win? A little bit later on, we're going to be speaking with a a gentleman who had a touchdown in this win versus Edmonton. We'll be speaking with Alouette's wide receiver BJ Cunningham. So stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we continue on with the pluses and minuses and more news, et cetera. We, again, we have to, uh, as promised uh, last week, we also, we had our, our second giveaway um, courtesy of our presenting sponsors, sport buff. And we wanted to at least mention who the winner was, because we will be mentioning out on social media and getting all your deets so we can send you out the, Send out the shirt to you. Um, so I want to uh, I want to congratulate. It's a Debbie. Is it Debbie Rule? Deb Rule. Deb Rule. Oh, I like how she did that. That's cool. Actually, I like that. Mm-hmm. Deb Rule. There. Oh, there's the accent. Okay, I didn't see the accent on the e. <laughs> okay, there we go. So Deb Rule. Uh, from Alberta, uh, congratulations. Uh, we'll be sending off your, uh, your information to, uh, to Chris over at sports buff and we will get that thing sent out to you. ASAP. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. congratulations. Very exciting. Congratulations. And we have a couple more, uh, no giveaway this week, but we have a couple more things lined up, uh, in the next couple of, uh, of shows. So stay tuned. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. This this won't be our last giveaway, folks. We, oh, we no. Got, we still got a, a few nice uh, goodies uh, up our sleeves. And uh, when the time is right, uh, 
we'll be uh, we'll be more than happy to give those out. So make sure you you're following us on Twitter. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube, throwing us those likes, subscribing to the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just you know, making sure that you're a part of the the Alouettes flight crew, if you will. That's right. And we want to still. And I know we mentioned it a couple episodes ago, before the season was really a thing. But um, the promise the promise is still there that if we can get ourselves at the 600, 600 followers on our Twitter account, which happens to be at Alouettes FL, FL deck, um, we will be having another giveaway. Mm-hmm. So get us to six hundred. We're almost there. Get us to 600 and we will. And same thing if we can get every, we can get ourselves. I'll, I'll start at, you know, I was saying 100. I, I would like to get us to 100 on YouTube, our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Please go ahead and subscribe there. Um, we'll see how that goes. I mean, do I want to push it back to 50? I'd be happy with 50 at the moment. But you know we'll, what? We'll see. I say aim high. I say, I say we, we can get to 100. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, like I said, if you. If you don't like us, tell us. If you like us, tell a friend. Yeah. And let them tell a friend, and there, so on, and so go. forth. That's usually how it works, right? That's how it works. Word of mouth, baby. I mean, God, God forbid we were on TikTok and had to produce more more content. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to, come, trying, to find, trying to come up with a way to do the YouTube shorts. I'm still try, trying to figure out how we can do those. Why not? Uh, no, I agree. I agree. And we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So this game, dude, um, <laughs> and as I said, more, more, more accolades and, and stuff like that. As I mentioned before, uh, the final score was 30 to 13. Um, it seemed in all facets that the Alouettes were dominating this game. And what I thought was funny you know, even though everything seemed to click, Stanbeck, uh, VA, and the and the West of the wide receivers, and, and the you know the O and the D line, can you imagine? I, I'm just saying, I'm just putting this out here, just seeing how well um, the the running back in James Wilder if we had had him because he was he was like beast mode too could you but if he had stayed with the team but anyways I digress <laughs> well tell you the truth I mean if you if you go strictly by the numbers I, I think we were okay with I, oh yeah with, for sure stand back in the fold but yes I, I again James Wilder technically was an alouette if it in in, in name only mm-hmm. And I guess we'll never know just what would have happened if he did manage to, you know, stay stay the course. But uh, obviously, with circumstances being what they were last year, he kind of had to think for himself and think for his family. Yeah, so he sure. he retired, and then magically, when oh, the CFL was coming back, he there. unretired. He, he, he did that voice with air quotes, since nobody yeah. can, since nobody can see us doing it. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. You know what? You know that. You know. You got to do what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I don't fault Wilder for it. Uh, I mean, listen, I hope he does well out in Edmonton. Uh, I mean, he played a pretty solid game against the Alouettes. I mean, I don't think he was motivated. I don't think there was any ill will towards the Alouettes. No, for no. But, he, but even with Toronto, he was able to get himself up for a game always. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's how he came off a week ago or two weeks ago when he came up with wearing what was summarily how college players wear their jerseys. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Then he, <laughs> Gotta show off that eight pack. <laughs> yeah, then, then, then he gets his, his wrist slapped by the CFL because I guess, I don't know. Anyways. Anyways. Can't be showing um, too much skin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, just quickly go over over the stats here if anybody hadn't to check out what the box score was. I mean, VA only 13 to 21, but still it's at, oh, that's at 61.9% completion rate. 211 yards, two TDs, and no interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, 29 yards and seven carries for VA. Jeshwin uh, Antwi had uh, four for 13. In I guess we could say when you know Stanback was getting some uh, some rest, but Stanback 18 carries for 112 yards, man. 6.2 mm-hmm. average. Not not a touchdown, but still. No, and let's not forget uh, last uh, well last season I should say not last year but last season, Stanback actually led the CFL in yards per carry average at six point two. So he's pretty much picked up right where he left off mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And watching him run, my word, <laughs> he just keeps churning those legs. And like you hit him, he just lowers his shoulder and he bowls you over, and he just keeps on going. And you love to see it. I mean, if there was ever any doubt about. You know, he went to the NFL, he, or he tried out for the Raiders, uh, you know, tried out for a couple other teams, you know, kind of had a cup of coffee with with them, you know, didn't didn't really catch, he didn't catch on for whatever reason, which is ridiculous, but I digress. Yeah. For him to be able to come back to Montreal, back where he belongs, back in a system that welcomes a runner of his style, you know, a lot of people would probably think, okay, well, maybe he's just going to, you know, take it easier, you know, maybe, is he still going to be effective after being off and all that? Well, folks, I think uh, he, he, once again, the critics get silenced yet again because Stanback had himself a game. Not catching, though. Mind you, he had a couple of uh, t- uh, a couple of little touches uh, thrown his yeah, way. Yeah, on the outs. He, uh, on the outs that they threw him. Yeah, he didn't seem to be yeah. ready. And, and he was, in 2019, you know, we, we the Owls have been really known when it came to these these type of passes, you know, whether it had been Colborne or whether it had been, you know, uh, you name the running backs we've had we've always been able to do really well with these short passes you know out passes to the uh, to the to the running back mm-hmm. it, it just that was the only negative for stand back this game yeah a couple of you know i don't know if he had the yips or anything like that i think it was just maybe he was just more focused on being a running back as opposed to trying to be a receiver and that's fine well the second yeah. one you can tell he was mad i remember him saying and he reacted to it it's like it was like damn man yeah so no, and again, listen, you got you got thirteen more games to get it right, so don't 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 sweat a big man. It's all good. And again, like I said, just, just hand him the rock and let him do his thing. And if he keeps turning in performances like this, we just may have another thousand yard season on uh, on our hands. Yeah, and a fourteen game season. Mm hmm. So, uh, receiving wise, I mean, uh, really, the the big three did quite a lot. Um. Uh, Team was led by uh, uh, B.J. Cunningham, uh, seven receptions on seven targets for 86 yards and a, a short touchdown. Um, then uh, Eugene Lewis, uh, three receptions on seven targets for 47 yards. And then the play of the game, which uh, many are saying could be the cat so far as the early leader for catch of the year, Jake Winicky, only one cat, only one target. One catch, but it was a 42-yard Superman catch 
<laughs> uh, get up because he's not touched down by the uh, by the defender. And he goes in for a 42-yard touchdown to start the scoring off for the Alouettes at the first quarter buzzer. Oh, yeah. You talk about plays that make you leap out of your seat. That exactly is that. That, that Jake Winnecki, that's what he did. Like, you... you yeah, I'm, I'm still floored. Like, I, <laughs> almost a week later, I've been watching a highlights of it again. I'm like, holy crap! How mm-hmm. the hell did that happen? Mm-hmm. That's that's beautiful. Just yeah. absolutely beautiful. Like Jake Winnecki, the just at the fingertips brings it in, and sure enough, untouched. So he just scoots himself into the end zone. Boom! Six right away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Un- incredible. Just absolutely incredible. Can't say you're surprised though, because I mean, this was one of Vernon's favorite targets last year. Uh, you know, Jake Winecki definitely proving himself. Uh, let's not forget too; he was also the Eastern nominee for Rookie of the Year la- uh, last season. So he's definitely looking to prove that it, it wasn't a fluke, that his uh, six, early success was not a fluke by any stretch. And plays like that are definitely going to establish himself. And now everybody's going to be game planning for Jake Winecki. I mean, it's easy to focus on Geno Lewis, uh, B.J. Cunningham, but. Uh, by all means, do not sleep on Jake Winecki, folks. Well, what's funny is that he only got one, you know, again, only one pass, one target, one catch. That's all he got all game. But, yeah, I, I said it looks like we've had some some pretty good threats. Also, uh, the return to Quan Bray, he had two targets, two, two receptions for 20 yards also. Uh, uh, Kalon Julian Grant had uh, had nine yards on a reception, and and also Rayshon Simonize in his debut for the Alouettes had a reception for seven yards. So did I forget anybody? No, I didn't. No, no, you got the Canadian content. Uh, like I said, the, the big four right there. I mean, like that, like this is a murderer's row of talent when it comes to the receiving core for the Alouettes. Exactly. And, uh, offense aside, if we happen to, we, we cannot forget to talk about special teams. <laughs> we cannot forget about special teams. And it was something that was talked about, actually not by us. It was bought by the guys over at the Turf District on our on our uh, show with them. They were talking about, specifically about Mario Alford. And mm-hmm. dude, dude. Yeah, you want to talk about picking up right where you left off? That's exactly, <laughs> exactly what Mario Alford did. I House. thought he almost stepped out of bounds, by the way. I was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I thought the same thing, too, when I saw that reception. <laughs> oh, but, man, what a what a thing of beauty. Just And I had to laugh because when you see that perspective, like when Hugh O'Neill punts it towards him, I was like, he could probably take it to the house. That would be kind of cool. And then, sure enough, like Dukes and jives a little bit. And he just makes that one cut, and then just he's off to the race. It's like, no way. No way and then he's untouched all the way to pay dirt yeah exactly it was like okay i i expect this i expect this out of mario alford it's it's if anything it's gonna suck when the the time comes that he doesn't return a kick or a punch for a touchdown then i'm gonna be like what's wrong did is, is he hurt is he playing hurt Something wrong, like something wrong with his head. Like what's 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 going on? I'm gonna at, at, I'm at that point now where if he doesn't return a kickoff for a touchdown, I gotta think something's wrong. <laughs> well, we know how it's gonna be in the CFL, where it's very possible the Alouettes may have to start putting two people back there because if they start kicking away from him, but we'll see. It's only one game. We'll see what happens. And, you know, it, will will reputation precede him? We'll find out, right? <laughs> 
Well, that's it. And again, if they do decide, if opposing teams do decide to go away from Alfred and that opens up possibilities for any number of, uh, of returners, I mean, the sky's the limit, folks. Like that's, yeah. It's, it's exciting to think about. But Meyer Alfred, if you didn't know him, you know him now. Yep. Thoughts on the kicking game for our new guys for Joseph Zima and David Cote? Uh, I'm very happy to see what uh, David Cote was uh, able to do. I uh, went three for four, and the field goal miss wasn't necessarily his fault. Um, that one, though, I, yeah, I was going to talk to you about that. Go ahead. Yeah, because uh, again, as, as I was trying to find, you know, what if anything went really wrong for the Alouettes during this game, the one thing I couldn't help but notice was the long snapping yes. was just uh, yes. suspect. Let's put it that way. And who was our? Because uh, we, because we, this is a new long snapper for the owls new for the owls i mean he's not new new to the league pierre le caron has been playing for right. he played for calgary for a number of years and now he's here in montreal and i don't know if it was just opening night jitters i really hope that's all it was but he, he kind of sailed a couple of balls pretty high not just uh, for that uh, missed field goal attempt by cote but also to uh tossing balls towards his uh, punter joseph zima mm-hmm. there's a couple that really got a little high like mm-hmm. uh, zima had to really launch himself into orbit to catch these balls in order to kick them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I, I sincerely hope this is just a one-off. Maybe it was just, you know, just trying to get the feel of the football again, but uh, it was definitely a concern. And it's unfortunate, though, because Cote should have gone four for four as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he he didn't look intimidated. He looked like, you know, cool, calm, and collected, uh, draining the three field goals that he did. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm pleasantly surprised with his turnout. Uh you know, it's good to know that you know Montreal's kicking game. They seem to be okay. I think the punting was okay as well. Nothing, uh, nothing outstanding, but uh, you know, got the job done. To me, like I said, if there's any weak spot, it would have to be the long snapping. And I sincerely hope it was just a one-off, as I said. And uh, I'm curious to see how they get back at it uh, this Friday in Calgary. Yeah, exactly. Um, we were mentioning before about the the pick six that was nullified by Amanda Seawell's penalty uh, I, I mean we can say we, we may sound like homers but to me it really seemed like a ticky tack I, I understand yes yes right you know the, the ball had been released already by Harris I that I understand but I was like man and again I think everybody like he, Mondo knew knew he was under a microscope the, yeah. the whole game the, the minute he he started uh, he made up for it later <laughs> Oh, my word, did he ever. But, uh, <laughs> once those comments came out about uh, Trevor Harris folding once once he hit him, it seemed like there was a lot of pressure to prove that. And I think the Montreal Alouette's defensive line was doing that because Antonio Simmons, he he was having himself a day. Uh, Mondo, he, he gets that uh, shot in, both uh, the illegal one and the legal one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I dare say Mondo was living in Trevor Harris's head rent free well some, some of these because you know, i think the owls had four sacks on the evening and and a lot of them were seemed to be delays by the on the defense because whenever these sack i think two of the four sacks occurred the defensive you know the uh defensive lineman just the, the, uh, sorry the defenseman was scot free and harris was dead meat yeah so uh, the one that really impressed me though was ahmad thomas for mm-hmm. linebacker for the LOS. He had Harris dead to rights, and he just put the wood to him. I know he did. I know. <laughs> like, and this is like out of nowhere. We do, where was Ahmad Thomas last year or last season? 
again, folks, this is what I'm talking about. Like, yes, it's it's unfortunate when players retire or they get cut, but it's there's usually a reason behind it. It means that there's another superstar in waiting. Mm-hmm. And again, I know it's just one game, but Ahmad Thomas, he made a statement in putting Trevor Harris to the carpet. Uh, he 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 looked very impressive out there. And Antonio Simmons, like I said, if you didn't know who Antonio Simmons was. With his two QB sacks this past Saturday, you know who he is now. Because, my word, this this is a guy who, as much as we're going to miss John Bowman playing for the Alouettes, if anyone's going to step up and be that guy, be that next John Bowman, it's going to be Antonio Simmons. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Like The guy plays with such a high motor, he's extremely motivated, too. And his best football is way ahead of him, too. That's what I love is... Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's, his ceiling is so high, and he's he just keeps going up and up and up. I'm I'm really excited to see what 2021 brings for this young man. Um, I think one of the, the scary things when we need to talk about the defense because you know one of the scary things about the defense uh, was I think it was uh, mid fourth quarter I think when Money Hunter and Greg Reed I guess ran into each other and both of them went down. Uh, we do yeah. Greg Reed did return. I didn't see money. I'd have to go back and watch the replay again, but um, that was a little scary at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see any injuries, quite frankly, either, you know, regardless of the team that's being played. But uh, when you see two of your top uh, defensive backs out there and they're just making the play for the ball and they just, they're going full tilt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, uh, like I said, just a, a miscommunication, I don't know, however you want to phrase it, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, they, they smashed together, and they were down for a little bit. Uh, as you said, uh, Greg was able to come back into the game, at least, so that's that's definitely a positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't see anything on the injury reports this week nope. with either nope. one of those two, so I have to believe that they were just, you know, dinged up, but nothing nothing too severe, so, and props to the Alouettes for keeping them off the field for the most part afterwards, just as a, a safety precaution. Exactly. Uh, Owls only gave up 233, uh, excuse me, um, gave up a not a not net offense of 304 yards. Owls had 355 on the day. Um, looking back at the game itself, Cliff, I mean, I know we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're glowing about what they did, but anything that you notice that you weren't happy about besides the Long snapping, which is a, you know, which I think to me was was an issue. But anything else to, that may have worried you or stood out to you? Uh, really, aside from that, and aside from uh, Stanbeck's two drops, yeah. I mean, which again I, I can forgive because he's not a receiver; he is a running back. I mean, like I say, it was just little things. Like you, there's just certain little plays here and there where you could tell, like, okay, this clearly is their preseason game, so let's not panic, let's not get uh, get too excited over things. But uh, you know, it's just minor stuff that. Again, you could practice against your own team all you want. Like during training camp, that's all it was. Like that's all these guys have ever known is each other. Yeah. So now the opportunity to go out and test what you've been able to do against an honest to goodness opponent. You know, there's going to be little things here and there that just may not click right away, or just you know little miscues that happen. I mean, that and that's really all it was. Like this was not a perfect game by any stretch for the Alouettes, but I do think for the most part they did handle they handled their business. They made sure they took care of everything. And as I said, it wasn't perfect, but when it comes to like any outstanding glaring flaws with this team right now, there's really not many other than, like I said, the, the long snap is concerned. I definitely hope and pray that it's just a, you know, 
first night jitters. That's really, yeah. truly what I hope it is. Um, I would have liked to see uh, Ty Cranston be able to complete that interception in the that would have prevented the first field goal for the uh, for the Elks. I know. I mean, right? It bounced right. I mean, it right off his numbers. You actually didn't see it until the replay because I thought that you know that the the catch had been made initially by Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And then you saw it on the replay, and I was like, it hit him right square in the numbers, and it just bounced out. I was like, man. Uh, and Ty's going to have I'm, – I'm sure he's going to see that in his nightmares. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. I had that. And, again, I, I'm pretty sure, too, like with his speed, a couple of, a couple of little ducks, and he probably would have been – you know, you know, he would have had like no, nothing but green real estate ahead of him. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, like, again, you can't fault him for it. I mean, like, I think it just caught him by surprise. Like, it caught everybody by surprise. So, I mean, you know, it happens. What are you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> the only other thing for me that that really worried me, and it's just an overall thing, uh, were the penalties. I mean, the penalties were 10 to 2 for the Owls. Mm. Um, and I think most of them, most of them were on defense. I'm thinking just going over the going over them real quick here. Uh no, no, but but I mean they had f- four penalties alone in the fourth quarter. Uh, pa- pass interference, an off uh, an offside, a face mask, which really was not Wakefield's fault. Uh, no, it no. really wasn't, and it, and it wasn't because even though Harris ended up losing his his lid, <laughs> yeah, it it really was not because I think he you could tell it, it was not, you know, it wasn't something that was that was being done on purpose. You. you no, that was he just it was getting caught up in the moment. It yeah, happens. yeah. I mean, his arm was out. He had something to grab, and he, you know, I guess he grabbed it. So, uh, yeah, that's just you know, it it happens. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll that's, see. They said it. You know, ten penalties, one hundred twenty-one yards. Okay, it, it didn't really affect them because they were still as dominant as they were. But mm-hmm. still, it's something something to look at, and I'm sure something that Coach Kahari will will uh, and uh, Baron Miles will you know look at for next week. Yeah, and again, this is what I this coming back to what I talked about, like just the little miscues here and there. Like mm-hmm. that's again, if you, if you look at this game truly as Yellowwood's preseason game, this is where this is your opportunity to make those mistakes and learn from those mistakes. Yeah. So I have to believe, you know, like as far as discipline goes, these are these are things these are correctable instances. So uh, again, I'm not going to stretch. I'm not, not going to stress too much about it. I mean, it's just it, it's part of you know. The experience now of playing against opponents, like actual opponents, and the fact that the game counts now, you're going to be hype. You're going to be yeah. excited, and stuff like that sometimes just kind of spills over. So you know, yeah, the that's, pl- that's just what it is. Again, and and just looking at it real quickly too, the offense only had two two of those ten, which is good, mm-hmm. which is actually very good. Uh, one was one was late in, in the fourth, uh, an offsides by Gino. And the other one was uh, a time count. That's funny. The very first one was a time count by Zima. So other than that, was all defense or special teams. Yeah. So that's that's really what it comes down to. I mean, I think though, you know, the ends justify the means, and the Alouettes played themselves overall a pretty phenomenal game. I mean, as far as first opening ga- opening day game goes, this was pretty good. I agree. This- with you. This was a result that you can be very happy about, and a lot of people were very excited. And I was very happy to see that the numbers for TSN and RDS were pretty solid for this oh, game. Yeah, I know. A total six hundred thousand. I think was it six hundred thousand? Just or actually just under seven hundred thousand, if you can believe that. Wow. 
I mean, I mean no, again, this is counting both RDS and TSN. Yeah, I think uh, TSN by itself was was the lowest of all games. Mm-hmm. I think it was like four hundred thousand, if I remember correctly. But but still, still, that's good. And I'll tell you what, like this is this is what I'm talking about. You put out an entertaining product, you get fans excited, they'll tune in, they'll watch, and eventually they're gonna they're gonna fill Percival Molson Stadium. You keep pre- presenting exciting football like this. People are people are going to pay attention. Mm-hmm. I, I promise you. Yep, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Um, uh, obviously, we got the game coming up with Calgary this week. We have a couple more things to talk about. Um, but uh, before we do, uh, as I, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we do have uh, an interview this week with Alouette's wide receiver BJ Cunningham. We will get to that now, and uh, when we come back, we will preview the game against the Calgary Stampeders. That was a good outro. Mm -hmm. Short, sweet, to the point. Well, with us this week is a gentleman we're actually very glad to have back in the starting lineup for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, We want to find out a little bit more about uh, uh, what it was like in 2019 and obviously and beyond and uh, that great result last week. On the line with us now, one one of our superstar wide receivers, BJ Cunningham. Hey, BJ, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Now, I, I want to ask you, because I, I, I know usually going back when it comes to a player being hurt can be sort of a sore spot. Uh, so I I apologize in, in in advance, but I just wanted to find out. So obviously we found out in early August of 2019 uh, after the Saskatchewan game, I think it was the infamous Saskatchewan game where the, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, that you had right. you had broken your wrist. Um, what was, what was it like being on the sideline for the rest of that very, very memorable season? Um, you know, I stay, I stay positive, man. I was glad to see my, all my teammates balling doing their thing, the team, you know, coming together and winning. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I was, I, I was still like inside sick. I couldn't be a part of it. Like, you know, out on the field going to battle with my guys. That was the, the part that hurt the most, you know, so, but at the same time, you know, just, seeing us succeed and seeing my boys, you know, that they work so hard for, you know, even the guys coming in and stepping up, seeing them work all year on practice squad, step up into the game mm-hmm. and do their thing too. So it was like, it was good to see, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Guys got to grow, you know what I'm saying? I got to, you know, learn a little more about everybody in the game. You know, I had to still, you know, go to meetings and stuff. So I'm seeing everything, but, you know, it was just, you know, bittersweet, but at the same time, more sweet. You know, just every, who anybody would want to be out on the field playing when they can, but it was still good to see my guys balling for sure. Now, for those, and, and I'm I'm one of them because I don't, you know, I never had had a a broken wrist or a fractured wrist. For mm-hmm. you, what was the recovery like? What what we what needed to be done in order to make sure that you got back to 100 percent? If we had had a 2020 season, what did you have to do? I mean, I had to get uh, surgery in my wrist. I had. Uh, they had put two pins in it, so I was in a cast for a while. Then I got out of that. I had to rehab, and then you know just keep rehabbing. And mm-hmm. you know once that was you know over with, I just kept you know doing my own thing, just strengthening, strengthening it, and making sure you know start you know lifting heavy weights, making sure I could handle it and all that you know for, yeah. for blocks and bracing when I fall and stuff. So yeah, man, it was just really just time and 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 testing it out once it, once it was crunch time and. You know, it's just, I'm just thankful that, you know, thankful my doctor was able to put me back together and, you know, just 
you know, thank God for being, you know. Yeah. I be with my child helped me out through it, man, because I that was tough. I never I never broken a wrist either, man. Yeah. So it was it was crazy. It was crazy. Sure. You go back and you look at during your rehab and then after the fact once you were you were healed. I, I, obviously we can get get a little psychological when it comes to wanting to make sure that we don't hurt that particular part of your body again. Did did you run into that during your rehab and stuff like that, trying to get over the the mental part saying I'm not gonna necessarily. I'm not gonna break it every time I fall on it. Were you apprehensive at all, or, or was it just a matter of trusting the, your, you know, your physiotherapist, trusting your doctors, and and getting you back to 100? percent Yeah, man. Honestly, it was like like no hesitation. It went from you know I had a cast on. To, yeah. All right, what we do now? We rehab it. All right, what's next? What's next? Like, yeah. I was, I was. It was, it was no like, oh, if I fall, what if this happens? No, it was none of that. Okay. Like, I was just ready, and then you know, you know, I had to. Just get get going. Yeah, <laughs> I, fu- I fully understand. I mean, it's good to hear that it <clears throat> that it wasn't in the back of your mind because, as you said, you know, I mean, I guess the positive too for you, BJ, is that unfortunately, with the cancellation of the 2020 season, it gave you a little bit more extra time in order to become completely healed and to make sure that you were at a full 100 percent coming into the season. Exactly. That's that's how I took it too. I, I honestly, I wasn't really tripping as far as like. You know, like not playing. Of course, I wanted to play, but I was like, I just took, like I said, I'm an optimistic person. So I look at trying to find the light in all bad situations. You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, cool. I got time to work on another craft and, and, you know, rest my wrist, rehab it even more, strengthen it even more for a whole nother year. And then that's what I was doing. And that's, you know what I'm saying? I was able to come back and, you know, do what I was doing right when I left. Exactly. It was good. And that's what we were wondering, too, because we didn't know if you had been completely cleared once once everybody had heard uh, about the, the I think the mini camp that Vernon held in, in Seattle. So we, we weren't we were wondering why you weren't a part of that process. But I mean, it's uh, how did you keep uh, how did you keep sharp during the uh, during the 20? I guess we can see the 2019 2020 offseason. How did you keep sharp? Well, I mean, most of the. And, uh, during that like COVID pandemic time, I was uh, actually stuck in Canada, and that's why I actually couldn't go to Seattle. Uh-huh. I was training kids out here. Okay. I was training the kids out here, doing that. And then when I went home, and I was also throwing with some quarterbacks in the, like in the Montreal area. Right. And then I went home, and I was working out. Uh, you know, Kenny Stafford and Navier Posey. They're both from Ohio. They're from like you know from the area. So mm-hmm. we all have a gym. we have a gym we go to that uh, we train out all together and. You know, I was able to get home for the last few months and sharpen up my skills and with my guys and, you know, get some, get some full speed running in and routes and stuff. So I knew I knew me and Vern was going to get the click and we just needed to get to training camp and get on the same page. And, and we're here now. So Yeah. And, and I know we're, we're going to head into training camp now. And I think, Cliff, you wanted to bring it up because needless to say, BJ, this year's training camp was very, very different, right? Yeah. So, Cliff, go ahead. Uh, let's talk about to you getting ready for the season bj uh going into 2021 obviously you y'all are excited to be back playing football again but uh did you, aside from just come just be able to come back what what are the goals that you have for this coming football season man i got i got one real goal man and that's just to win a great cup man that's that's my only goal <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my only goal of mine I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to win this cup you know what i'm saying it's it's, it's been a long time we've been out here you know, what I mean, finally, you know, we 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 smelled the playoffs last year a little bit, and, and you know, we got a good good group of guys, man. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but you know, 
as a to have an end goal. I mean, that will be my goal. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I want, man. So that's what we striving for. <laughs> now, talk to me about now. Now you're the uh, longest serving wide receiver of this wide receivers core. Talk to me about being Ooh. a veteran. <laughs> Can you believe this? You're a veteran, Cliff. Now, be quiet, man. You don't want to want hey. B to think that we're calling him old. He's not old. <laughs> I, did, did I say <laughs> old? Oh, 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 trust, trust me, trust me, trust me. I get reminded every single day by my my, team, my young guys. They, they, they let me know <laughs> in a good way. You know, you know, you get old when they tell you, "Boy, you look 24." I said, "Oh yeah, that's how you do." <laughs> But but seriously, like what what have you been able to impart upon to these uh, these guys that are now uh, your your coworkers as far as uh, guys like uh, Jake Winecki, Juan Bray, Chris Osekusi, like all these guys? What what are you able to share with them as far as being a member of the Alouettes for so long? Man, oh, we have a great group of receivers, man. Great group of guys. Um, I really just you know just tell them to keep their head on straight. You know what I mean? Just don't get too up and too down. I tell, just try to tell guys to stay level, man, and and because we all got different things we do well. Everybody, every receiver, every receiver we have is really good. Um, you know what I'm saying? Me, Jay. I talk to Jake. I talk to Quan all the time. Crucy all the time. Like those uh, Dante Absher. I talk to him all the time. Reggie. You know, we have a great group of young guys, man. And and really, I just you know, I, I'm not really like a a big rah rah guy. You know, I can pull guys to the side. You know what I mean? Um, let them know, you know, saying what they do, what we what we gotta do, what the game plan is. But at the same time, it's like I'm I'm trying to lead by example, also. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I'm just trying to uh, get this group of guys, you know, lead us to shit. And Gino too. Gino's one of our leaders in our group too, man. So mm-hmm. we gotta get me and him. He's he got he's been here what just as long as me almost maybe what, a year after me. So you know we gotta get guys together, man, and you know bring them bring them alive, man, because we gonna the offense runs through the air, man, through us and well. And stand too, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to stand too, but at the same time, you know, big plays, man. So that's what we're here <laughs> for, and that's what we got to get guys ready for. With the no, with, with the way that training camp was this year, BJ, did do you think that you were able to get closer with your your teammates nor, uh, more than you would so at a normal training camp? Or I mean, because nobody, you know, we only knew what we were told through the media on what you guys had to go through, and literally being quarantined and. Fans not allowed to watch you guys at practice and et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, it's how, how was a how did the how was training camp this year? How, how did it, you know, get you guys closer? It really just it made us lock in, man. Um, we got we locked in together, got to know each other, got some new teams, got comfortable with the guys on the team already. And, you know, because we were what, quarantined for a whole week in the hotel in a hotel before we could have go to training camp. So we couldn't go anywhere. We were all stuck. You know what I mean? So, you know, guys, you know, FaceTime, hey, from from down the hall, hey, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, guys just get cool, man. It's, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's how we did. We got it all, we always, we've always had a good team around here in this locker room. So I was never, ever worried about that. But at the same time, like, we want to put those pieces together and make that a winning team. And I feel like, you know, that's what we're building right now. And that's what we're trying to keep, keep going with. Was, was training camp, was training camp really tough this year, BJ? Because I said, us fans and, and stuff like that, we don't know what you guys went through. Was it really tough? Uh, yeah, it was pretty tough, man. It felt it felt like it was forever too, especially having a bye week and not and no preseason games. Yeah. So like you know, preseason games might break it up a little bit. You yeah. know, what I'm saying break up camp. Yeah. But um, 
But nah, nah, straight, straight. Well, I was tired of seeing our defense. <laughs> I was like, bro, like they know. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, so it felt good to go like to Edmonton and play against another team. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, it was just. But like I said, it was, it was like I said, I'm gonna find the light and everything. And I'm gonna just say it made us lock in, man, even yeah. more. Yeah. And and we just you know came out ready to play. Cool. Hungry. Talk to us about going out to Edmonton for that first game, like because you know that. Uh, Obviously, with uh, COVID protocols and everything, everything's just going to be a lot different than the last time you were out there. Uh, talk to us about that experience and what it was like to finally take the field, albeit in a different environment. Say that again, my bad. When it came to going out to Edmonton this year, like obviously going out this year was a hell of a lot different than going out in 2019. But uh, to you, what did you find different and what would you find more challenging than anything else as far as playing that first road game of the season? Man, honestly, man, like, the road game, like I said, we were in training camp, so it was kind of like an extension of training camp. We had to lock in. We were on the road. You know, nobody has their family with them or anything, no distractions. You just still locked in like you're in training camp. So mm-hmm. it was like, to me, it was like an extension of that. You know, we had our bye week to do, you know, see our family or whatever, or just hang out, just chill, relax, get off the feet. And then it was like back to, you know, back to training camp vibes. You know what I'm saying? So we were still back in that locked-in vibe, and I felt like that's why we came out. You know, hungry. Plus, you know, we had some guys on their team too, who was re- from from last year, who were on their team, who who were kind of ready and hungry too. So that they they were they were fired up also. So mm-hmm. and you know, like Edmonton, they beat us last year in the playoffs. So we wanted to you know make a statement, and uh, it was just a fun game, man. It felt good to get back out there. Uh, I'll I'll say you made a statement. Holy cow! <laughs> you 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 straight up punched them in the face, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, you know, a lot of people looked at you guys and didn't know what to make of it. And I looked at the roster and I said, like, listen, if, if this makes me sound like a homer, so be it. But, like, I don't find any weak spots here. Like, just when it comes to the offense, defense, everything, this is a, a very, very good football team. And you proved it on Saturday. Now, talk to us about your involvement in the game. Like, Vernon finds you for a beautiful pass, 54 yards downfield. Take us through that moment. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I had, like, a uh, kind of like a little just like a diagonal right across the, across the field. And I look up, I see he's still running with the ball. I'm like, hmm, the ball should be out of his hands. I'm like, no, nah, he's scrambling. So I just started heading up field a little bit more, and he just launched that ball. Like, oh, he, I'm, I'm looking at the ball in the air. I'm like, oh, he threw that. So I'm like, okay, let me just go get it. And then, you know, came down with it. First down, man, great ball, though. That was an amazing ball on the run. Jeez. And then just to, you know, to follow up with that, he he finds you in the end zone for a touchdown. I think it was a 42-yard touchdown strike, if I'm not mistaken. Nah, uh, nah, I was in the red zone. It was like, probably like 12 yards or something like that, 14 or something. Oh, uh, my bad. My, my perspective's bad. But still, nice I'll, touchdown. I'll take, I'll take it, though. So, <laughs> there you go. First of many, I hope, for this year for you. So uh, Yeah, appreciate it. All right. Now, as far as how things are looking for Calgary right now. I know that there's no, no, no beep. Bleh. Let me try it again. No Bo Levi Mitchell in the lineup. Uh, now he's on the six game injured list. Uh, how does that affect your preparation for the game? Um, not at all. We're going in just like how we were coming anyway, you know, just preparing normally how we were for Calgary. We know they're a good team. Um, on defense, they got some, uh, some guys that can you know, get to the football fly around. So, you know, we got to come ready for them. And, um, no, you can't you can't take anything, look at any look at anything and, you know, take that lightly. But like I said Calgary's a good team and we always know they always come ready to play, so then mm. we gotta be ready for them. Oh, that's right. There, there's there's no gimmies in this league. I mean no. They say nah, it, never. It, 
no, it's, it's it's gonna be a fun game that's for sure that's the one thing that what if it, if it's gonna be anything like last year's game which was a thriller then mm-hmm. I'll, i know i'll be tuning in friday night that's for sure <laughs> oh yeah yeah definitely and, and also too, BJ, it's a it's a 14 game sprint this year rather than 18 games so as as we, we keep hearing over and over again every game really makes a difference this year oh yeah definitely man that's what i said so every game counts every game can make a difference so we just gotta take it one game at a time yeah you know, can't look too far ahead and just you know, do what we do now I know you're saying let's not look too far. I wanted to ask you at least one question because we, we might we not may not speak with you on the pod before then. But uh, how uh, how excited are you guys to play before the fans that love you on the 27th versus Hamilton for the first time in almost 670 days? It's crazy to think about how long you guys have been away, so to speak. You guys looking to the, yeah. forward to the very first home game? Oh, yeah, we can't wait, man. We can't wait to get home and play in front of the fans. Man, it's a great atmosphere there, man. I love playing there. Beautiful stadium, beautiful backdrop behind the stadium. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I can't, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be live. And like I said, we're going to uh, take care of business in Calgary first. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll get to coming home. But, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Now, talk to uh, – we've had quite a few of your teammates uh, – former and current on the podcast in the past couple of years since we've had you on BJ. And the one thing that seems to be the, the recurring theme over and over again, because we always ask about how they like Montreal, how they like the, the scene here and all that. The one thing, the thing they say is you got to hit up BJ for the food reviews. <laughs> how, how does it feel to become like the official, how does be like the Guy Fieri of uh, the Montreal Alouettes? Like you're the That's go-to so guy sad, for the man. food here. I need, I need, I need to start a business. I'm out I'm out I'm out I'm out to figure it out, man. But, I ain't gonna lie, that's my that's my passion, man. I love food, I love to eat, I love to cook, man. That's just just fun, it's light, you know, it's relaxing. So, and you know, I look forward to it. So, but uh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for BJ's app to come out on my phone so he can he can go up against Uber Eats and all of them. It's like you know what. Pfft. Let's just go to BJ Eats or something like that. <laughs> See what his his uh, suggestion is. You know, we we don't need the the, those uh, meals in a box. We can just ask what B, what what BJ thinks that we ha- should have tonight, and we'll go from there. <laughs> All right, real <laughs> Well, obviously, BJ, we're we're glad you we had to have you back. We're glad you're you're fully healed. You've already made a uh, you know a, a lot of contributions in this week. You know, your first game back. Um, we really appreciate you. We're glad. I said we're looking forward to seeing you, even though we can't see you on the field after the game for the for the opener. But uh, we're, we'll be cheering you on from the stands, obviously. Oh yeah, my guys appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, if anybody, if they, they didn't listen to your to our interview four years ago when we last had you on, we got to at least tell them now. If they wanted to follow you on social media, BJ, how would they do so, man? All right. So on uh, Twitter, I got my Twitter back this year. Is uh, BJ. Cunningham underscore zero three and Instagram I'm on uh, I'm at BJWR03. See if there's one positive to having all this downtime because of the pandemic is that you were able to get your Twitter back, BJ. <laughs> man, I had time to think of a my password. I was like, man, what was my password? I was locked up for like six years, seven years. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. You must have laughed as soon as you saw the mentions and it was like, you know, yeah, ten thousand. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was actually one of the first people to uh 
or the, like the first people to like uh, tweet once I said I got my Twitter back was was my boy Draymond. He was like, "Bro, what?" <laughs> <laughs> it was like eight, it was eight years ago. I was like, "Bro, you was tripping." That's cool. That shit was funny though. But hey, yeah, there you go. It was cool. It was it was like a but you, you got to admit it though, BJ. It was like a it was like a time capsule because he had all the stuff from way back when. Since he lost it, it's like a giant time capsule that you could that you're able to check out all those mentions and and people tweeting out to you. So I'm sure it was uh, I'm sure it was an interesting read to go through. <laughs> Definitely was. Definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely was. Well, man. We gr- we greatly appreciate your time as usual, and yes, we'll make sure it won't be another four years before you have you back on the pod. And that's our promise. One hundred percent. Yeah. Again, if we we can't see you after the game, hopefully we can see you from afar somehow this season. Whether maybe some of the uh, restrictions that this that the CFO will will levy on you guys will allow you to uh, to to meet with the fans in some way, shape, or form. But uh, we greatly appreciate your time, man, and uh, uh, good luck this week. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. As I mentioned before, uh, you know, I think during the interview, it's been, I think, about four years since we had BJ on. We'll have to get him on again, you know, in a shorter amount of, <laughs> a shorter amount of time. But it was great talking to BJ and getting caught up. And, you know, he made a very good point. And it was the same thing with, I guess, a lot of people in the CFL, Cliff, that when it comes to injuries, a lot of these, you know, these guys who had injuries at the end of 2019 were able to rest up and, you know, even though I think BJ probably wanted to go and join the uh, the unofficial mini camp in Seattle, uh, he was still able to do what he needed to do, and uh, he he looked uh, he looked pretty good on on Saturday. But it was uh, it was great to have him on. Yeah, no question. I mean, as we talked about, he is essentially the leader now of this receiving core. He is the longest serving member now, along with Geno Lewis. But uh, you you saw the results. I mean, like. I'm sure there was a lot of concerns about his wrist, but was that able to heal properly? Was mm-hmm. he still able to be the exciting playmaker that we know he can be? And sure enough, uh, absolutely jaw-dropping pass from VA to to BJ, and then scoring his first touchdown, hopefully the first of many this year, as I said. So I'm, I have a, I'm, a, I've always been a big believer in BJ. I, I know what he can bring. I know what he brings to the table. I know the potential that he has, and I think now that he's a bona fide veteran. I, I think we're going to see a lot of playmaking ability out of him, and I wouldn't be surprised if B, uh, Vernon finds him for a few more touchdowns this year. And again, he, he, the star quality is there. There is no question about that. Uh, BJ is a, a superstar in this league, and pretty soon everybody's going to know it. Yeah, exactly. And also, uh, let, uh, let's give a shout out to, to BJ's mom. Hi, BJ's what? mom. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> told you we get your boy on again. <laughs> Uh, this week's game is very interesting, you know, you know, not it just being that it was, it's going to be the Owls in Calgary where, you know, their, you know, their record in Calgary is, you know, it, it it basically mimics what it is when it's out West, uh, in Edmonton. You know the Owls are only you know three thirteen and thirteen twenty six and two all time, and they've only won one of their last ten, which just happened to be last year, which uh, which I think we talked about earlier, which was absolutely amazing. Yeah, what but a win game, it was. This game is going to be very different because you know Calgary's coming in at zero and two. 
potentially on the cusp of becoming 0-3, depending on what they've been doing. And then the bombshell has dropped, I think, today. Because there were rumors going on, I think, last week about something's not right with Bolivai. Mm-hmm. And then we hear today that he has a it was a, it's a fracture. Is it a fracture or a break? A fracture. A, frac- uh, a fractured leg. Right. And that... That changes the game plan, at least as far as fans-wise go, it changes the game plan completely. You don't want to get too confident because, as we've seen in the CFL, anything can happen. But now we're going to have another Canadian who's going to be starting in his place. And it makes you wonder, are the, are the, is the Alouette staff, I would imagine they're going to keep the same same game plan that they're going to be, whether it was whether it was going to be Bolivar or somebody else. But yeah, I'm sure it could give him a little bit more confidence. But again, like like you were just mentioning before with Vernon, you know, every every game is try to go one and oh. Don't look don't look ahead. If, no, if, you can't, you BJ, can't look because with if, with Bolivar being out, wow, what a game changer. Uh, it, it's huge. I mean, let's let's face it, like last uh, last season when the Alouettes won in you know, double overtime essentially against the Stampeders. Uh, Bolivar wasn't playing in that game. He was also out due to injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was Nick Barbuckle that was facing off against Vernon Adams. And that was literally a shootout. There's no other way to describe that game, but it was, it was a shootout. And the Alouettes had to fight tooth and nail to just, you know, get in, get tied and go to overtime. Uh, this time around, though, uh, I definitely see a lot of the star power that used to be a part of the Calgary Stampeders isn't there anymore. And now with Bo Levi coming up lame like he has, it's it's not a good look initially, that's for sure. Uh, you can't help but feel just a little bit confident. But uh, one thing I can tell with this Alouettes group is they're not taking Calgary lightly by any stretch. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, Canadian quarterback uh, Michael O'Connor, who was with the Argos for a, a spell, now backing up uh, Bo Levi, he's getting thrown into the fire. And if you saw what this defense did against Edmonton and how they managed to rattle Trevor Harris the way that they did, uh, if I'm O'Connor, I'm I'm definitely doing my homework, <laughs> if yeah, nothing else. I, I mean, he, he's going to have to work hard. I mean, they've, they've still got some very talented players on that uh, Calgary lineup, but uh, with Montreal's defense uh, looking the way they did, with Baron Miles uh, – calling what I thought was a very excellent game against Edmonton. I definitely know he'll have his pencil sharpened for uh, for Calgary as well. It is, again, the team does not want to look ahead, and I'm sure Coach Kahari and the rest of the coaching staff will say, listen, it's still Calgary. We're still in Calgary. Um. Uh, it it will be as I said. It, it's, it's still you know yeah. Yes, the the point spread has swung drastically. I think it was a minus uh, Montreal up being a plus three to now a minus a minus one, according to uh, to Bet Regal. It you know over under forty five point forty five and a half points, but still, it's still the Calgary Stampeders. Oh, and two or not. I mean, yes, we can get we can get all hype, but again, any anything can happen. But I, I think they'll be ready. They will be ready, though. I mean, we saw we saw the way if they same game plan that they did in Edmonton, it, it'll be fun. 
it'll be fun. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing VA come in and do what he does. Uh, I think he definitely remembers how hard he had to work for that win last season against Calgary. Uh, I definitely don't see him coming in overconfident. I, I think he's just going to do what he did against Edmonton. Just come in cool, calm, collected. Like That was one thing I noticed more than anything else that I wanted to talk about was just how zen he seemed to be. Yeah. Like he, he was just not rattled by anything like he made mistakes like you know like everybody does but it didn't seem to affect his him. first seem- pass you remember how bad it was you and i were like what was that first pass? literally the first pass of the game for him it skipped and it did not reach i think it was going to gino we were like yeah oh man that's not good but then the second pass we were like we exhales like oh that's all that's that's it it's just that you know and i'm pretty sure it is head too like maybe the, the younger vernon adams probably would have had a fit over it but uh you know he just seemed like okay that didn't work back to the drawing board and sure enough it worked and that's just the, that's the kind of demeanor that you want from your quarterback it is someone who is not going to let the moment overtake him he, he knows exactly what he has to do he has his game plan set he knows what needs to be done and he's just going to go out and do it. He's got the tools. There's no question about that. He's got every single weapon available to him in order to succeed. All he has to do is just go out and execute. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did against Edmonton. And I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to do the exact same thing against Calgary, regardless of who the quarterback is. You know, I, I'm sure maybe he had the state circled on his calendar already, thinking, okay, I want to prove myself against the very best in this league. And Bo Levi is still very much one of, if not the best quarterback in the CFL. Now he's going to have to not play against Bo. He's going to have to go go against a, a virtual unknown in Michael O'Connor. That's fine. I don't think that's going to change Vernon's mindset in any way, shape, or form. I think he's going to approach this game just like he plans to approach every other game. Just go out. You know what it takes to win. You just have to go out and do it. Simple as that. Yeah. Should be should be a fun game. Game game will be Friday night football. And get ready. Get ready. <laughs> That's right. After after this game, we can start talking about a home game. That's right, baby. And that's exciting. That's... That is going to be very exciting. Yes. Before we continue, we want to remind everybody that uh, we are on social media. Multiple places where you can find us. I mean, if you want to check out our entire archive of the Alouette's Flight Deck, you can go to uh, deck.ca. Also, if you want to check us out uh, beside, anywhere besides there, there are many other places that have podcasts that you would be able to listen to. I think there are quite a few of them, right, Cliff? I think you, I think we, we are on quite a few of them, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, you name it. Anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can pretty much find us. And also, too, don't forget to follow us, follow us on YouTube as well. That's right. Got it. You know, make sure you uh, you check out the the Alouette's Flight Deck. Same idea. Just type in Alouette's Flight Deck in, into YouTube. You'll find all the uh, current episodes, uh, for, at least for this season. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you like them, subscribe. Feel free to leave comments as well, good or bad. We will we'll check them out. And uh, yeah, it's all about growing uh, by leaps and bounds here. Like that's the plan for us here. And also, too, we cannot forget we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. So many great shows. It seems like everybody is back in back in the swing of things, mm-hmm. which is excellent. Talking football like we're supposed to be. Uh, I mean, that's that's just what it, that's what it's all about. I mean, the CFL is back. 
Canadian Football Podcast Network is back and stronger than ever. And we are so thankful to be a part of that. Yeah. And also with a big shout out to our presenting sponsor, SportBuff. Uh, the guys, Chris and Gary, if you are, you know, if you are a Montreal sports fan, you know what the name SportBuff means. Um, it is one of those ones, you know, a name of a business that you will remember forever. I mean, even though it, it's been gone for such a long time, the SportBuff name really does ring true when it comes to, um, you know, getting your sports, sports merchandise um, I've joked many a time already that uh, I spent way too many days there, uh, you know, <laughs> in my early teens and uh, in my late teens and stuff like that. Cause it's, you know, it was a place that I wanted to be. And, uh, I, again, if you want to, you know, not only CFL stuff, I mean, they have everything NHL, NFL, you know, we're coming up on, you know, it's a preseason currently for the NFL, uh, major league baseball and other stuff. Uh, just head over to uh, sportbuffshop.com. Uh, check out their current, uh, specials if they have any. Um, you know, and, uh, Hey, uh, to me, it's supporting local and it's supporting Canadians. So by all means head over there and, and, uh, and, uh, uh you know, look, see what you like and, uh, uh bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and if for some reason you don't want to buy their merchandise, you'd much rather have your own Alouette's flight deck merchandise. Folks can do that as well, can't they, Tim? Yes, yes, right. That's right. Uh, and we're hoping that uh, if you did take part of our special this past week where we had a uh, special promo code. Um, but, yeah, if you're looking for anything, uh, whether it be, wow, shirts, long sleeve, hoodie, uh, you name it, uh, we have it. All you have to do is is head over to uh, teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck. And, uh, hey, buy, wear, promote, send us stuff on social media. We'd love to see you in uh, Alouette's Flight Deck merch because, uh, you know, we, we love seeing people rep it across. Uh, uh, well, so far it's across North America, but uh, we're waiting for that first person to, to buy something. You know, we keep looking into our, our analytics and seeing where people are listening to the show. And uh, uh, we need to get that, that one Russian person wearing something and sending us a picture, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, that's what I'm, I'm here for now. I mean, we, like I said, we've got international listeners. And the fact that we have so, at least one person in Russia listening to us. Man, if they were to go ahead and order up a, a hat or a T-shirt or a mask or anything, anything you can find on the website, mm-hmm. I'd be thrilled. I'd be honestly thrilled. I, I would love the idea of someone in Russia wearing a Alouette's flight deck piece of merchandise. That would be the coolest as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with you. Um, the Alouettes came out with some news this week. Um, it's really an update on something that we are looking for uh, when it comes to the home opener next week. Um, so there's been, the update is, it is currently on their website. It's talking about stadium safety. A um, couple of the things I do know that once the people who have, uh, who have already accessed their physical tickets, I have asked about specific about the rumors of, do we need to go in at a specific time so that they can keep the, Keep the crowds down. You know, too many people from congregating at one time. I, I, I'm under the impression that we may be getting an update shortly, which will most likely be after this, this show is released. But they did put out some information concerning, you know, the vaccination passport. That doesn't really start until September 1st, so there's no, no real issues there. 
they did say specifically that when it comes to masks, they are currently be they are going to be mandatory in stadium. Um, it will be compulsory when moving around the stadium, but you may remove it when seated. Um, that's and fine. While you're and while you're eating and drinking, yeah, while you're eating and drinking. Also, uh, like many of the other CFL teams have done, and I think a lot of the NFL ones have done it also. You're not going to be able to bring bags into the stadium. Um, Unlike the other places that have clear bags, it says no bags will be accepted on site at all. Mm. Which will be interesting. I'm curious to know if they're going to update that based on... They can't get the clear clear ones out with the the team logo on that, I don't think, in time. But I mean, unless they put them out tomorrow. Um. Social distancing, obviously they're going to take certain measures. Um, it'll be, you know, anything from fans in the stands, which we, we've talked about already in the past couple of weeks. Uh, aisles, shops, food concessions, toilets. Um, it, it's going to be, I'm going to be curious to see, because we've seen how other pro sports have done at Cliff when it comes to uh, people leaving the stadium. We'll see what happens there. Also, they talk about hand washing, contact reduction, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, I think when you're purchasing anything, it's all going to be digital. You cannot pay. I think it's, you're not going to be able to pay with uh, physical money. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, I'm sure the team will update this as information becomes available. So, so uh, stay stay bridge to our social media outlets or to you know. Twitter at uh, Alouette's FL Deck or, or wherever, and uh, you know we'll bring you the information once it does become available. So, mm-hmm. and again, this is just going to become a trend because uh, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, who owns yeah. the Argos, they also made the mention that uh, effective uh, in is, September. There's is big, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is all of their properties. You're talking about like the Maple Leafs, the Raptors, Toronto FC, the Argos. Pretty much, if you want to go watch any of these teams play at their lo- at their lo- or, uh, local arenas, I think that you're going to have to either be double vaxxed and be able to prove it, or I think did they say else too? Like if you were, you'd have to be wearing a mask as well. I think that also I, is compulsory. I think that's going to be a no brainer. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm. Uh, it's very similar to what they did in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm curious. I really am curious. We'll see. We'll see what happens if it goes that far. Makes me wonder, you know, with the limitations in fans that they're going to be allowing, I think it's, a you know, at least a minimum or maximum of, I think it was, what did we say? It was like 13.5 or if it can get to that, but we know it's going to be 12.5 at least. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, I, I don't know if the vaccination passport will be a thing. I, but again, with the way the current situation is with COVID in the country, anything can change on a moment's notice. So, again, watch the Alouette's social media. Watch our social media. I said we'll try to keep you up to date as as, as best as possible. Or, or, or maybe even the, the governmental websites. I think INSPQ, if I'm not mistaken, or or, or stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, things can change on on, on trend. But you know, what? I'm I'm just happy. I'll be happy there to be sitting in the stands wearing a mask. Just watching the Owls play. That's all that matters. Exactly. Uh, that And that's, we, we've talked about this numerous times, is yeah. what are we willing to do? And quite frankly, 
we're at the point. It was like, just tell us what needs to be done and we'll do it. Yeah. Simple as that. I mean, uh, I, I'm glad to see that uh, some places are taking things seriously in that regard. So now that you see like Winnipeg, Toronto, and soon to be Montreal will be requiring proof of vaccination as, as far as being able to access the stadium. I mean, it, to me, that's that's key. And will other teams follow suit? I guess only time is going to tell. But I think that seems to be a trend right now. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, whatever it takes to keep everybody safe. And I think that's the main goal right now is to ensure that because the last thing we want, especially with uh, the Delta variant uh, starting to creep up here in Canada, you, you can't be too careful. That's how we, you have to look at things is do whatever it takes to stay safe and, and just be careful, be mindful of your, your fellow participants, especially too. like now we've got the privilege of being able to go and watch football in our stadium like we should, we're supposed to be. Okay, you got to put a few rules in place? That's fine. Problem. We, we've said this from the start. You tell us what needs to be done, and we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And football fans, if they want to see their team bad enough, are going to do it. Those that don't or don't feel comfortable, they'll stay home. They'll watch the game. That's fine, too. No problem there. I, I think really what it comes down to is just how bad do you want to see football live, and what are you willing to do in order to do it? And now the look it's been made clear now. This is what you're going to have to do if you want to see it. As far as I'm concerned, I look at that list. I'm like, okay, no problem. There's nothing on there that bothers me in the least. Exactly. So it, again, uh, uh, but again, we're not looking ahead either. We're, we're, we're really looking forward to the 27th, obviously, but we're looking forward to, to this week's game and, and the, and the, versus the stamp. So it should be fun. So, Hey, uh, Cliff, before we go, is was there anything else that we wanted to, Wanted to bring up, I know, I mean, transaction, I mean, as I said, the practice ro- rosters, uh, the, sorry, the injury reports really did not change in any way, shape, or form. It seemed to be the same players on them. Um, same statuses for most of them, too. Anything, I mean, I know there were a few transactions, but anything out of the ordinary that you wanted to bring up before we left? Not really. I mean, we could talk about uh, Alexandre Dupree, uh being let go by the Alouettes and being subsequently picked up by the Rough Riders. Uh, he <laughs> yeah. was uh, unemployed for a matter of, what, two days, three days maybe? <laughs> I mean, good on him. I mean, he he was here in training camp. Uh, I mean, just, you know, a lot of people were really expecting him to stay with the local team, but uh, just wasn't meant to be. I mean, let's not forget, too, he played out in Edmonton for a number of years. So yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe there's something about being out west that uh, maybe appealed to the young man. So, now he has a chance to do his thing in Saskatchewan and, you know, good for him. Definitely wish him all the best, uh, you know, but uh, as far as anything else goes, I mean, I, I definitely am really excited to see, to see this game in Calgary. And I got to say, Tim, just watching that first game against Edmonton, like there was just a feeling of serenity. Mm-hmm. Like we waited so long for this and the team didn't disappoint. That's what I love more than anything else. Like the, there is no excuse as far as I'm concerned. Like you've had all this time to prepare. You've had time to scout your opponent. You had time to fine tune everything. And really, truly the Alouettes gave us everything we were hoping for. And then some, yeah, I don't, I don't see this team going 14 to no, as I said, that's, that's not going to happen. There's no guarantee. They're going to even win on Friday, despite no Bo Levi Mitchell in the lineup. One thing I am very confident about though, is, the Alouettes are going to play a very exciting game. I think they're going to bring everything they have, and it's going to be a heck of a match no matter what. Mm-hmm. And 
if Montreal can come and play their home opener with a 2-0 and record against Hamilton, who is 0-2 on a bye this week, they'll be looking for their first win. And now all of a sudden, they'll be going into a potentially hostile environment in the sense that Montreal fans are going to have to be hyped knowing that their team's going to be 2-0 and against a team that's 0-2, which everybody expected the, the, the Tiger Cats to just you know run roughshod all over the CFL, not just the East, but the CFL entirely. Yeah. And they're licking their wounds big time now. Uh, to me, it's going to be a very exciting game, not only this Friday, but next Friday as well. Yeah. And I, I, for one, cannot wait. I, I mean, I, I would be, even if this team was 0-2, going into it 0-2, I'd still be excited because it's finally Alouette's football live that we can be a part of. But for this Alouette's team to play the way they did against Edmonton, if they can play that same game against Calgary, open up at home for the 2021 season at 2-0 and against a Tiger Cats team that's still trying to find its way, apparently, man, that's exciting. That is very, very exciting stuff. Yeah. So it should be fun. Should be fun. So again, uh, we we thank you guys for for listening to us. Um, we really appreciate it. Enjoy the game this week because you know fourteen game season. This thing is going to be fun to watch. So, so for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck floor, Cliffy D. I'm Tim Capper. Rod, final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.